Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California. The fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined in studio by G. Hey Wiley. Armani Buckets, how are we doing? You know, I, I'm, I'm doing great, actually. I'm doing dry January. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I know. It's been brutal. But well, uh, When did that begin <laughs> in the month of January? So, There's... technically, it, it began on the 7th. I love, okay. I love the look that you're giving me <laughs> about this. Oh, by the way, we know why G.A. didn't join us the other night. Why? why? Well, I mean, I, she's dry January. I mean, yeah. she couldn't hang oh, out yeah. with us. If I mean, that, that, I would have given her so much peer, peer pressure. By the way, oh, yeah. our, <laughs> our good friend, uh, Kim Glass, did it separately, where she had dry January through the first like two weeks or whatever <laughs> she sees us and uh, let's just say <laughs> we uh, made that uh, not so much of a dry <laughs> january so yeah hey, you know what good good on people that like you know you can last two weeks that's yeah. amazing so uh, anytime that you can last i'm i'm surprised that i'm lasting this long Me i too. think i've only i'm just seriously i um because the first time we ever met we were drinking yeah like Bottles it's of wine exactly. together. So yeah. Um, so yeah. With dry Your January, podcast I feel is amazing. called the Sports Bar. I know. How <laughs> sad. Bah. How sad is that too? I'm just like, oh, I I'm really like a light, nice glass of wine right now so to uh, to suffer through that. February first descends, or how oh, long? How long? Or February? Se- no. No. So I started on the seventh. So I will be going till. Okay. Uh, Super Bowl week. Super Bowl week. All yeah. right. So as soon as we're on Radio Road, that has to end. Oh, absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Absolutely. But come on. If the, if the Giants beat the Eagles, are you kidding me, Jihei? No. I've gone this far. I have yeah. gone this far. I, I have to see it through. I've never seen... I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've never seen a dry January through. So I have to see... This has <laughs> well, to be the one I mean, you, you, you started on the 7th. I mean, it's a little... Depending on where we start with this thing, it's Well, I mean, hard. I really was going to... I really was going to start... After the Super Bowl, yeah. like oh, if I'm yeah. being that honest, but then I just was like, I just got to do it early because I got to be realistic. I'm gonna drink during Radio Row, so I you I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a cl- couple glasses of wine here and there. I'm not gonna like go ham, but you know, have to soften the blow on. anyway. That's right. You know, do you especially have, since I don't think that my Giants are making the Super Bowl. Do you have a score prediction for us? For for Eagles, Giants Eagles Eagles Giants. I mean, I think they're gonna cover. I don't think that yeah. seven and a half for a, for She's a divisional in. game. Like, She's are in. you nuts? Yeah. And it's the playoffs. There's like playoff implications on here. Like, no, like they're going to cover. Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll lose by like five. That's how I feel too. Yeah. I, I don't have a score for you. Goal. Yeah. I, I think like three to five, like I, and you know, it, it would be understandable um, considering that, you know, Philly is Philly, but at the same time, there's that stat that um, you don't win three in a row, San yeah. Francisco. I know Brandon's on here, but that, you know, you don't win three in a row. So Knock on wood that that yeah. actually happens because we're 0-2 against them. That'd be great if I, you know, we pulled a Rams 
victory kind of this deal, is so. their recipe though nine and seven. Oh, 100 oh, absolutely i said she's yeah. seen this before yeah. twice when this team has gone on as a wild card me. team to win the super bowl going on the road you know um so that that year that won the, the year that they won the first time i think is one of the more incredible journeys uh they go i forgot the pathway exactly but you know they went to tampa bay and won they went to dallas and won they went to green bay frozen tundra and won and then Super Bowl was in Phoenix. They beat the undefeated New England Patriots. Crazy. That was the first year. And then oh, the second year, <laughs> a very similar pathway where it's just like road win after road win after road win. Yeah. And beat the Patriots. I mean, again. And beat the Patriots again. <laughs> like outside of the Philadelphia, the Philly special, the two losses that the Patriots had under Tom Brady worked to the Giants. Well, it's all NFC, by the way. NFC, NFC East. East. NFC East. Those are the two teams only, that, that are playing. The only teams that um, Brady has lost to is the in, for the Super Bowl. Twice to the NFC Giants, twi- once to once the, the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, Man, it's been great. Incredible. <laughs> Yay, NFC East. <laughs> all right. Now, now we have to get into the portion of the show where I get punished by Armani Buckets <laughs> following another bad Lakers loss. By the way, did B- Buckets contact you because he was he wanted to place a lot of money on this game and by the way, he would have won. Um I don't why why were the li- li- uh, at tip off the Lakers according to Circus Sports were favored yeah, by two, two, and, two a and a half. Yeah, so the thing is the the Kings are so reliant on Sabonis to run their offense similar to what Jokic does with the Nuggets that when you take him away it's like speaking a foreign language to a team. Yeah. It's not that they're not a good team. It's just that they're so different without him yeah. that it's it's an adjustment period, and he's been there all year. I think De'Aaron Fox on NBA Today the other day said that he should be in the MVP discussions. Interesting. I mean, he's so important to them, and especially their offense, so that when you take him away, the Lakers had no excuse to lose this game. Yeah. You're comparing... If LeBron is who we say he is, and he is, by the way, he's an incredible player, you take uh, Sabonis away, no Davis, no Sabonis, it's LeBron's team against Fox's team, who do you think should win that matchup? No, exactly. Yeah. It's it's not by a... By the way, where is Mike Brown in the Coach of the Year conversation? The leader. Yeah, it's leader. really incredible where, what, what he's done, because again, he got no credit for what he did in Cleveland, got fired there. Uh bad situation with the Lakers unfortunately for him uh, coach coach Kobe and really never got that chance again and now he has it and what he's done the Kings are a top four team in the conference it it depends I say the leader and I believe that yeah. um but a lot of it has to do with the Kings feel-good story right and yeah. what, what the media likes because <clears throat> if you look around the league Joe Missoula, it depends. Do you, do you think that that's a great job that he's done taking over the situation in Boston with Ime Udoka? But that team was kind of already established. Yeah, when, when you take over a team that went to the finals and took the Warriors to six, it's like he is doing a good job, took over a tough situation. But I, I don't think you could take over a team that went to the finals the previous year and say, look at the job he's doing. Jock Vaughn in Brooklyn. How Amazing. About- that's incredible because there is a line in the sand of saying when this team yeah. went from being bad to when they turned things in. Yeah. Will Hardy in Utah. They were supposed that's to That's my favorite too. story. That's And by the way, you brought it up yesterday. I think false sense of hope to teams that are struggling or could be tanking. What's happening in Utah is extremely rare to and turn things 
you know, I mean, to, to make a trade that that will go down as maybe one of the best trades for Utah, one of the worst trades for the Timberwolves. And they went head to head the other night where Rudy Gobert does none, you know, zip zilch. Yeah. And the guy that they traded for, what, what, what his stat line was crazy. Was, 20 did he have a 2020? 21 rebounds. Incredible. Well, could that be a testament to the fact that he's like, Psh, you traded me. This is what you get. Could be, but it's hard to do a 2020. Like, even if you Absolutely. want to in your head, it's, it's, it's hard to actually do that, that on the court against the team that traded you he's gonna be incredible yeah he really is um okay so let's get into this game kings and the lakers here's my situation with the lakers they are always in games late generally speaking so you go to this game it is a 103 103 game with less than four minutes to go it's a two-point game with less than one minute to go um the the problem that the the lakers have and you can touch on this I don't know what's happening late in games with this team. No offensive execution. You always see these clips that go viral of, you know, <laughs> whether it's LeBron trying to pad his stats, whether it's <laughs> Russell Westbrook trying to go one-on-one. There's no movement. What's happening with this team? Okay, you you are going to take a huge dump on them, which I get. But we have to also just say this was a tie game and this was a two-point game with 50 seconds left. Those kinds of situations, right? Like last night, the fact that it's a tie game late is more of a knock on Sacramento than it is the Lakers okay. playing well. The Kings are missing free throws in the fourth quarter. They're sloppy turnovers, not taking care of the basketball. There was a rebound that came down. Two Kings fought for it. It goes out of bounds. Malik Monk, one of nine. You don't typically see those nights from Malik Monk. He's yeah. been incredible for them. So all those factors going into it, the Lakers were very fortunate. Now they had a great start to the game. That is the reason why this is such a bad loss, because you start like that. Why can't you sustain it? Then when the Kings pushed ahead by 10, it really felt like that should have been the margin of victory. But then circumstances happen where the Lakers have it as a tie ball game. But we've seen that story all season. All of their blown leads are because of the stagnant late game offense. And whoever you want to blame for that, it's not it's not. It is people's fault, but the thing is, the Lakers are a great transition team. LeBron leads the league in fast break points. When they slow it down, which is what happens in the fourth quarter of any basketball game, the Lakers are terrible. They're just a terrible half-court offense. And the thing is, the guys that were causing them to play good basketball, Thomas Bryant, did you see what Rashawn Holmes did last night in the place of Sabonis? Seven for seven from the field. Everything is a layup or a dunk for these guys because Bryant can't defend at all. So that feel-good story is basically done. Schroeder, who is carrying them offensively, he's basically done. Look at the starting lineup last night. LeBron was the only one in double figures. This roster is atrocious, <laughs> and I mean atrocious. LeBron is legitimately starting with four guys who would not see the floor for any other serious team. They wow. wouldn't see the floor, not even like for, for five minutes. So, okay, here's here's the issue that I, I, I have with this team is that if they, and again, I know it's very simplistic, but if they could close out some of these games, games where, by, by the way, where, where they've had big leads, games that are tie games, game, the, the West is so wide open, you're making it seem like they are one of, if not the worst team in the West. Maybe yes. they're not, I mean, listen, they're not as bad as Houston. Yes, correct. You think no, they are? They are uh, better than. They Houston. are better. Okay, so they're better than Houston. They're better than the Spurs. And right now, according to the standings, that's it. Right yes. now, according to the standings, that's it. Um, 
these games are close and I, I, and I, you know, close, that doesn't mean anything. Right. But at the end of the day, like if, if they had some kind of an offense, some kind of movement, if it wasn't all stat padding and things like that, I mean, it, the West is so wide open that they are still, despite the fact that they are 20 and 25, as we sit here today, they are three games out of the six. I know we, we, we joke about that, but what I'm saying is like, that's, you're, you're three games away from not even forget about the play and being in the playoff, but then they are, what is it? A game and a half back of the play in tournament of the 10, of the 10 seed. Like as bad as they've been, they're still in the mix. They're still in the hunt. Sure. And when you talk about the offense, the thing is, Russell Westbrook and LeBron are your offense, right? LeBron, his main source of offense is picking out who your worst defender is. He's going to put them in pick and roll and he's going to get them to switch onto him. LeBron is not at the stage of that's isolation basketball. Russell Westbrook is also an isolation heavy player. He likes to isolate and attack, right? So those two things, you're asking basically a leopard to change its stripes. Mm. You're not going to get a lot of ball movement and stuff. Same story with the Clippers, by the way. Their main guys, the reason the ball doesn't move is because they have isolation dominant players. The key with that is those guys have to be able to get to the basket, score efficiently, and then everybody around them has to be able to catch and shoot. They don't have any of that. And But the biggest, we're bearing the lead again. Yeah. The biggest story with the Lakers is they can't guard a parked car. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, yeah. any good player, which by the way, like above average star level player, they will lick their chops the rest of the season when they see the Lakers on the calendar, which is why I know Brandon was very adamant that Portland is going to lose on Sunday. Damian Lillard, those guys, th here's the thing with the NBA. As soon as you have a weakness, every yeah. team is like, oh, they can't do this well. They can't do that well. And everybody knows the Lakers can't guard pick and roll for anything, which is why Shengun went 13 of 16 the other <laughs> night and people were calling, listen, he's a great young player. Yeah. People are calling him like a star superstar after that game. And then <laughs> Rashawn Holmes, seven of seven. The rim is wide open. No, they can't guard anybody. So uh, I know that the Lakers are making, you know, good players look great um, at this current moment in time. But do you have a solution? I always say, like, you no. know, you can you have no solution. No, they, they they don't have any players on their roster. If you notice last night, who did they put to guard De'Aaron Fox? Who was their solution for perimeter defense? It's their third best player. That's who Max Christie. Max oh, yeah. Christie is an awesome, yeah, he's awesome defensive player. And the thing is, but you're relying on a 19-year-old to be your stopper. That's, That's the state of the Lakers, and people don't seem to realize it. Pat Bev is literally meaningless minutes. Absolutely meaningless. Schroeder, he, he's... What is he? He's a barely, yeah. you know, vet minimum type of player. Troy Brown Jr., same thing. It just goes down the line. And I feel bad for some of these guys like Wenyan Gabriel because a guy like that, he's giving it everything he has, but they're just not good enough. You look at their upcoming schedule, Arash. Are they going to beat Memphis on Friday? No. Are they going to beat the Blazers on the road on Sunday? That's their one chance, but even that's, you know, listen, I, I get it. I get it. I'm, I am a realistic fan when it comes to all my teams. Like, you know, for, exa for example, I'm flying to San Francisco with no expectations that, that the Cowboys are going to win, but in the off chance that they do, I'm going to have a good time up there. The lead, though, and I know we like to crap on the Lakers. No, I, listen, no one came into this season with any high expectations. If they did, they didn't watch this team a year ago. Because our bet, what was our bet? Playing. 
playing. Like, we are betting on the 10 seed. That being said, a lot of people's picks to win the whole thing or at least come out of the Western Conference or at the very least play in the Western Conference Finals was the Clippers. And as we look at the Clippers right now, they are 23 and 24. They were a below 500 team. Um, just there's no consistency there, not just with the way that they're playing, but with the players on the court. And at some point in this season, we are past the midway point. At what point do you say, hey, listen, we are now kind of in the danger zone here because they are now in that play-in tournament. So they are now in that situation they were a year ago where you were one loss away from being done, not even in the playoffs. And then at that point, it doesn't matter about consistency and about like how is Kawhi going to play with Paul George and all these guys. That's my biggest thing. Listen, I have no expectations. I have no delusions of grandeur with the Lakers. I want them to get into the play-in tournament so you can pay for my drinks one night. <laughs> but listen, I mean, I... Like, even if they make it to the play-in tournament, I don't expect them to win that. And even if they win that, I, I there's no expectation for this team. This was, and again, I covered those Clippers team with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. The highest expectation I had for that team was to get to, to the conference finals because I never felt during their run they were better than KD, you know, and the Thunder or the Spurs. I mean, they were never, in my mind, the favorite. They were never the best team. This team was, this team had the potential when you looked at it coming into to this season as fully healthy, being the best team, being in the conference finals, maybe going head to head with the Warriors. And by the way, don't want to let the Warriors off the hook. They are 22 and 22 right now. Two teams that are in the playing tournament. And when you talk about a job that Sam Presti is doing, I know I'm going all over the place. They're 22 and 23. They're in the playing tournament too. So let's go with the Clippers. Gee, I, I, you know, I mean, this was, and again, you are a very defeatist Clippers fan. You are a realistic Clippers fan. But I, I will have to say, coming into the season, the expectation was, listen, if Kawhi's healthy, if Paul George is healthy, and I, I guess the the like kick out here is that they have not been fully healthy, is that this is one of the best teams in the league, and they have not been. I mean, like as we sit here today, they are a below 500 team. Yeah, it's really, really disappointing. I... I never count anybody out until after the All-Star break. So I'm Which still going to have a little... technically uh, past the midway point. I just want to yes, put that out there. Yes. Okay. Um, but I'm still, you know, I'm still having a little... Like trying to obtain a little hope until after February 19th. I see. So I, I'm... Uh, Ask me then how I feel. You know, the, still, the, the one hope that you would have is that the clip, uh, sorry, the Celtics a year ago, and you brought this up, and I think any team that's in that 500 range has to view this as a good thing. The Celtics a year ago were what? They, they were 21 I and 21 or, or around there? record to what the Clippers are yeah, today. Yeah, so I mean, the thing that I like about the Clippers is that there is hope on the roster. I don't think they have to swing for the fences and make a big move if... If their guys are fully healthy and if they're playing like up to their potential, I still th think that they can be a great team. But this isn't a small sample size at this point. And, and, and I don't know if Kawhi is ever going to be the same player he was. And, and, and so it, this isn't as simplistic as, oh, listen, as, as soon as these guys are healthy, same with Anthony Davis. It, that's not a simple thing to say, hey, listen, once he comes back, well, once he comes back, I don't know how long he's going to play. Yeah, but we've also seen we've also seen Kawhi and Paul George come come together. We have in, seen in them for one postseason, right? Yeah, that, so, that is true. So if that could happen, yeah, they, there could be a turnaround. So th that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Yeah. I, I'm, realistically, I'm not 
you know, I'm not holding my breath. You know, what I like about the West, and I want to get your, your your thoughts here, the top four teams in the conference right now, and we've talked about it all season, that it's wide open. The Nuggets, the Grizzlies, <laughs> the Kings, and the Pelicans. These are four teams, and this is amazing to me, four teams that have never made it to the NBA Crazy. Finals. This would be, you know, because the West has been so top-heavy for such a long time, and then you get past that... You got the Mavericks who've won a championship. The Jazz have been to you know the finals. The Warriors have you know done what they've done. Now the Clippers are kind of in that same boat. They've never made it to the finals. The Thunder have made it to the finals, but the top four in the conference never made it to the finals. Could one of these top four teams? We win the whole thing. Absolutely. I mean, Denver has looked incredible. And at home, Denver is almost unbeatable this year. But when when you look at a team like the Clippers, I think the NBA is such a funny league because last week, The Athletic wrote uh, basically an article talking about how dysfunctional the Atlanta Hawks are. Yeah. Miami has been a team that's been struggling all year. But what's going on with those teams? And the reason why I tie it into the Clippers, now they're hot. And yeah. once you're hot, all of a sudden the narrative starts to change. And when the narrative starts to change, the culture starts to change again. And then the thing is, the Clippers, we all know they have talent. What I think that they actually need at the deadline, I'm not breaking any news here. John Wall, Reggie Jackson have not worked out. Yeah. You need a, a guard that can initiate offense. And they were rumored to Mike Conley, but if you're Utah, do you want to mess help? with this right yeah, now? Right. Or help? Do you want to? Because I really, really is the enjoy idea the that Jazz. you have to package them like a John Wall. Jackson, I don't know what the, the the Clippers can make a trade happen yeah. with the with the guys that they have, but you know, set the bar low because they don't have many draft picks and assets. It's going to be players for players. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it, the good thing about the Clippers, it's just a small trade, a small tweak, I think, with the Lakers. Yeah. And I still think that there's a window. Again, a game and a half back of the play-in, three games back of the six seed. They're still there. Um, all right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by Nick Hamilton. When we come back on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas at the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now and join our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? I'm doing good out here in the Salt Lake City street. Are you in Salt Lake right now? Yeah, I had it for Sundance. I was just going to ask you. Oh, Sundance. Sundance. That's right. Nick Hamilton, he covers it all. He's at movie premieres. Yeah, Yeah. you're there early. No? Today's the first day. Yeah. Today's the first day. Okay. 
Okay. I thought it started on Friday for someone. What is the weather like, Nick? Is it is it snowing? Is it is, is it, is it cold out there? Yeah. <laughs> no, no snow, but it's what? cold as hell. It's, it's, oh, it's, I'm sure. It's, I said it's, it's it's not a LA weather. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're out in Sundance, so we got to talk about the uh, drama here in Los Angeles. The Lakers, not surprisingly, they lost again. But here's the thing, Nick. I mean, the West is so wide open that they are only a game and a half back at the play-in tournament, three games back of the six seed. Uh, you know, I mean, they're still kind of in that mix here. Uh, when you watch this team play, and again, they've been below 500. They're 20 and 25 right now. But again. The hope for them is that the West is so bad, the West is so wide open that they, they still have some hope here to to play in this play-in tournament. Your thoughts on the Lakers? I mean, that's a false sense of hope when you talk about <laughs> it because, I mean, this team is not going anywhere. We all know whether someone's to admit it or not, this team is not going anywhere fast. It's, you know, as LeBron said last night, uh, you know, he, 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 he takes the blame, but it's only so much to do that the 20-year vet can do. I mean, the Van Damme almost had a triple-double last night in the loss to Sacramento. we got to give a lot of credit to the Sacramento Kings and Mike Brown. Uh, Mike Brown should definitely be a candidate for Coach of the Year if he continues to keep up at this pace because nobody expected the Sacramento Kings to actually be formidable opponents in the Western Conference. Um, I just think that, that they, they buckled down. Uh, they played, you know, tight, uh, tight defense. And enabled them to make shots that they needed to make and make sure they fell the way they needed to fall in order for them to win. Um, I think the Lakers are just trying to throw something against the wall and hope it sticks, but that's not going to be the case. Um, as we get deeper into the, the, the season, especially after the All Star break, you know, that's what teams love to make their pushes. And those surprise teams are going to come out, maybe can go on a five or 10 game winning streak um, and then really bury the Lakers because this Lakers team is not constructed to go deep into the playoffs. I know there's a lot of hope in Laker Nation. I know a lot of you Laker myopics out there that listen, oh, he's lying, he's wrong. You know what? Do yourselves a favor for the new year and just look yourselves in the mirror and then look at your team and then stop lying to yourself and then face reality. This team is just not that good. This organization is not the best organization as far as how they constructed this team to be a championship contending team. It's just not. Um, we just have to face fact that there are other teams out there. Dear God, do I do I dare I say it? There are other teams that are better than the Lakers. <laughs> oh my God! Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's just the reality of it. So you know, again, LeBron is box office. LeBron is what we're watching for, especially as he gets just closer to being the all-time NBA leading scorer and, and dethroning Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that record. And that's the that's the best thing they have going. Um, it's the best thing smoking. Other than that, no one cares. Let's just be quite honest. You have a false hope. Hope gets you nowhere. It's just a nice word that that, that you know. Uh, you, you know, it's almost like uh, Lysol that you spray over funk. It still stinks. It just doesn't stink as bad. That's what the Lakers are. Nick, uh, great to hear from you. So Arash and I, we had a bet early in the season <laughs> about whether or not the Lakers would make the play-in tournament. Now, you kind of hinted at what your answer would be to that question, but I want to ask you and ask Arash, at, at where we stand right now, 20 and 25, 13th in the West, will they make the play-in tournament this year? I'm not sure they will. And even if they do make the play-in tournament, they're not getting out of it the way they've been playing as of late. I mean, why would I have any type of confidence 
to think that they're going to just magically turn it around like they have some magical switch like that other team across the hall. Um, don't see it happening. And if they do, uh, they'll have fun in the playing tournament. I guess they can sell an extra bowl for tickets. Yeah. Other than that, that's about it. Yeah, but, but yeah, listen, I, I, I fully expect our money buckets to pay for my drinks because I don't think that the attend seed is is that much. By the way, Nick, you're 100% right. There's a lot of Laker myopic fans who would not be happy with a play-in tournament or being in the playoffs. Listen, I have no expectations for this team. This, they, they were one of the worst teams in the league a year ago that they were uh, not even in the playoffs. So if this team got into the playoffs, playoffs i'm having a mini parade down manhattan beach boulevard we're gonna start with uh, you know g hayes bar and make our way all the way down i mean listen i don't have any expectations for this team who are they passing though i mean who, like, who does it like, like you're talking about the thunder okay who okay. are okay so right now right now thunder nick as i 12 and i don't know if they're passing okc but continue okay so like what i mean i mean by the way like we're pretending listen if you're if you're like in this mix of teams they're gonna be talking about you're not a great team so phoenix has been decimated by injury they're about so to have healthy. the lakers they have a little player called but, anthony davis who hasn't Suns been playing be healthy now and the lakers tonight. might be healthy oh, too come on, anthony <laughs> davis. i mean listen portland phoenix portland's getting healthy minnesota too. you know listen i mean they're, they're gonna be listen i think they're gonna finish in 13th that's okay well listen that's fine i'm not that, i think they finish i think they finish 11th if they don't make the plan yeah, Okay, but listen, let's talk about a team more disappointing than the Lakers in Los Angeles. And again, no one's talking about it because they're the Clippers and no one cares. The fact of the matter is... I thought you were going to say the Chargers. Well, that, well, that too. <laughs> By the way, you had a Stephen A. Smith moment. No one relished in that 27-0 loss quite like our good friend Nick <laughs> Hamilton. He really enjoyed that. Uh, that but I could just see your uh, smile in Park City, Utah right now. Um, Nick, listen, the Clippers began this season with realistic championship expectations with a healthy Kawhi and a healthy Paul George, presumably. Uh, listen, a, a, a Clippers team has really never started a season with that kind of hope before. I covered those Chris Paul Blake teams. Those were good teams, but no one thought that they were a championship team. They really thought that this could be a championship team here, Nick. And as we sit here today, they are a below 500 team. They are right there in that play-in tournament mix. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ultimately disappointing because when you look at what the, the roster as far as the depth of that team, what they were coming into this season, you you, you hope that you had a healthy Kawhi Leonard that, that could actually play games. You knew he was going to play on back-to-back. But at least for the majority of the time, him coming back healthy, you were saying, okay, this team could definitely be, you know, top four seed team in the Western Conference. And so when you look at, you know, they've been they've been hit with injuries as well. Um, still don't have Luke Kennard. Uh Paul George has been out. They've had a lot of different uh situations that uh have not favored well for them. Um and you know, Terrence Mann said it best a while ago, hey, how can we develop any type of rhythm or chemistry? We have nine hundred million different lineups. You know, there's no way to develop any kind of chemistry, there's no way to develop any kind of uh you know, connection, um, how guys are going to play, how guys are reacting, who's going to come off the bench, who's majority going to be starting. Um, you know, it's one thing to wonder, okay, is Kawhi going to start tonight? Yes, no. Okay, cool. We can fill in the gaps. 
But when you don't even know what Paul George or Luke Bernard or, you know, guys like that that have been out in and out of the lineup, um, it, 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 it's a problem. And, you know, I can't say anything other than, you know, the Clippers have just been decimated with injuries and they just haven't been able to step into the plate. And that's something, unfortunately, the problem. And now they find themselves in a playing tournament uh, only because they, uh, you know, they have to figure out a way to, to, to get healthy and get guys back rather quickly um, and try to call on some type of run because they're going to have a very difficult second half of the season after the All-Star break. So they're going to have to really make up some serious ground um, if they plan on going into the playoffs and making a deep playoff run and attempting their goal of reaching the NBA Finals this year. I mean, you you just kind of um, answered my question a little bit that I was going to ask you, Nick, but do you think that they can make that playoff run? Because you mentioned teams make that push after the All-Star break, which I 100% agree with you. I think momentum shifts after that All-Star break, in my personal opinion, even though we're almost halfway through the season. Um, do you think that they'll make that push and surprise us, maybe? I mean, if they here's the thing. If they get healthy, that's the key. they got to get healthy, and then they got to get and, you know, they have to be enough in shape where they can develop chemistry and rhythm. That's been their key all along. It's not the fact that they don't have the pieces that they need to, to, to compete. It's just the, the, the manage, management of health. Um, that's been their biggest their biggest Achilles heel. Um, and so, you know, guys in and out of the lineup, as, as, as frequent as they've been, does not give you a, a fighting chance at making a deep playoff run because there are other teams that you all mentioned in New Orleans, the world, the Denver's, the Utah's, the Dallas's. Uh, Mavericks of, of you know teams like that. Portland getting back healthy, you know they can be a very dangerous team uh, heading into the playoff picture. So they're going to have their work definitely cut out for them. Um, sometimes it may be too tall of a hill to climb. Another thing that we should mention with the Clippers is that nine of their next ten games are on the road. That's right. So a team that needs to, yeah, to yeah. pick things up. So I want to ask you, Nick. We saw what what the Utah Jazz did last year. Things weren't working, and they decided separately we're going to send Donovan Mitchell elsewhere and Rudy Gobert somewhere else. Do you think that that is a possibility for either of the L.A. teams in deals maybe to send, I don't know, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard somewhere, or the Lakers doing the same thing with LeBron and A.D.? Well, I think, I think the Clippers are more likely to ride with Paul George. I think, especially what we've seen, uh, with him, with Al Kawhi, what he is helping, what he, what he's how he's taken this team on his back, uh, and been able to you know get them to their first ever Western Conference Finals uh, appearances. So I think the Kawhi experience, we can absolutely call that a failure. If that if there's no championship uh, service um, during his tenure, um, I think that Kawhi both. And I think you have to. I think you have to build around you know Paul George and try to add another complementary piece. Uh, so that lineup to see where that goes. As far as the Lakers go, um, I've said this a long time ago. I think they should have, even in the offseason, if they let LeBron say, LeBron, wherever you want to go, we'll see you anywhere you want to go. I know you have a no trade clause, but we got free of capital. We got to, we got to get better. Um, we got to compete for a championship at some point. And having you and, uh, you know, Anthony Davis here is not getting the job done. And even if they have to, at some point, maybe play Anthony Davis next season and build his, his, his stock up like they did this season before he got injured and then trade him uh, for adequate pieces, I think that's what they're going to strongly take a look at. But, damn it, you got a lot of like that GM, so we can't expect too much. Uh, <laughs> as a percentage to make a smart move. I mean, it's nothing against them personally. I just, 
I figured when the Lakers gave him that extension, I'm like, well, they go your championship, both. Right <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely couldn't agree more, uh, Nick. Wanted to switch gears really quick to um, the NFL. Brady, obviously, we probably just saw his last game in Tampa uh, last week. I want to know your thoughts. Where do you think he's going to end up next? Is he going to end up being done, or do you think he's going to continue on and maybe possibly move to Vegas because that's kind of w- what it's looking like? Well, and he damn sure won't be on Giselle's couch. Uh, uh, have you seen you know, his new girlfriend, by the way? Oh, yeah. I don't, have you seen his con- new girlfriend, by the way? Oh, that's, that's con- confirmed. Oh, that, it, that's an absolute. By the way, one that is confirmed, Cliff Kingsbury. I, I just oh, saw wow. yeah. I saw why he's not coming <laughs> yeah, back yeah. from Thailand. Oh, yeah. He's not posting pictures, but his girlfriend his is. Girlfriend, that yeah. is Smoke show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And not only that for Cliff Kingsbury, why would I come back? I'm going to get paid $20 million. For doing nothing. You hustling backwards. What the hell would I want to mess up the game for? Are <laughs> you serious? Know, you Kingsbury's a smart dude. Uh, but no, as far as Tom Brady is concerned, I don't know where he's going to end up. It, it could be Miami. It could be. I don't see the Raiders only because I don't know the piece. They have enough pieces for him to really compete. Um, maybe San Francisco. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Tom Brady. Um, as far as his future goes, I mean, no one knows if he's going to even come back. We don't even know. He may say he comes back, and then by the time, you know, training camp happens, he might go ahead and just officially retire. I mean, who knows? Um, Tom Brady, I don't think he knows. I think Tom Brady's in limbo. My man is in the fifth dimension. Just floating. Like he's in the matrix. <laughs> so I, I, I really, I don't really know what, what's going to happen with Tom Brady, but it'd be very interesting. It's definitely going to be the, 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 the talk of the town. Uh, whatever direction he decides to go in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Nick. I'll give you your moment. Our last few <laughs> minutes here. Listen, Chargers, uh, Brandon Saylor was already on the hot seat, and you give up a 27-0 to zero lead like that. You charger it up. I forgot the, the term he used. I mean, he he actually, you know, it's like, char- you know, you, you find a way to charger. Um, Nick, we found out he's coming back. Brandon Staley will return as the head coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback coach. But, uh, Nick, your thoughts on not only the Chargers blowing the 27-0 lead at Jacksonville, but Brandon Staley coming back. Uh, Arash, <laughs> I'm going to say it like this here. You are definitely putting a band-aid on something that requires surgery and stem cell surgery. Um, Brandon Staley's not head coach of material. I've said that time and time again. I'll keep saying it. I don't, I don't give a damn who don't agree. Um, open your damn eyes and figure it out. Um, I, I like Brandon Staley as a person. I think he's a nice guy. I think he could be an athlete coordinator, defensive coordinator somewhere. Uh, but the Chargers are not serious about uh, winning Super Bowl. They're just not. Um, it reminded me of the Houston Texans the years I covered the Houston Texans back when they had J.J. Waters, Brian Cushing, and those boys. Uh, and, you know, McNair only built that team with busted seats. If they made the playoffs cool, uh, they knew they were going to make money because that was the biggest, you know, ticket in town at the time. So they were so happy that Houston was very happy to get the NFL team back after they lost the Oilers. Um, and I think the same thing with the San Diego, excuse me, with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, as it pertains to, you know, Dean Spanos and where his mentality is because there's no way in hell you can convince me that you're going to you're gonna do something so drastic and, and have a 180-degree turnaround with Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco as your general manager 
and you're going to talk about improving the running game. How the hell can you improve the running game? What are you going to do? Uh, is, is, Josh, is Josh Jacobs going to suddenly become a free agent? Uh, is Tony Pollard going to become a free agent? Um, and you're going to have you're going to be able to acquire him. I mean, what the hell is really going to change with that running game? You have Austin Eckler, who, who you disguise as a one, but he's truly a two, uh, number two running back. And you have no number one. Mike Williams can't stay healthy. That, that dude is bubble wrap 2.0. He's the Anthony Davis of football. Um, Keenan Allen's best days are behind him. I'm sorry. I love Keenan Allen to no end. I think he's an incredible talent, but his best days are behind him. And then also, too, um, I don't know uh, what – you know, what you're going to do defensively. Uh, that's going to be a, a magnificent change. Um, you have no offensive identity. You can't, uh, Justin Herbert is not enough of an identity. He's an incredible, talented quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback, but you needed a real coach. I thought Sean Payton would have been excellent for that job. And I always, I always said, I thought you should have gotten, um, you know, as a general manager, uh, Lewis Riddick should have been your general manager. And, and really hire some really incredible football minds in that organization. Fire, you know, John Thanos and get you a real football president of operation that knows the game, understands the game, that can will and deal. That's what you need in order to compete, especially in the L.A. market with the Rams just coming off the Super Bowl championship. I mean, it's only going to be a matter of time before the Rams get right back into contention. And what the hell are you going to do? Not a damn thing. But still be, oh, we're, we're going to get back. We're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's all you're going to do is make the playoffs. You're not going to do anything else. And that's the problem. And that's sad because you're really wasting away Justin Herbert's talent. You know, because, Dick, I mean, they really had a chance here with the Rams being as bad as they were, a below 500 team didn't make the playoffs. I mean, they, 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 they had a chance to at least attract some new fans with a win over the Jags in the playoff. We'd, we'd, we'd be talking about them going into a, a big game in KC. We'd see how that game turned out, a divisional game. I mean, they really ha- um, had a chance here. And not only do they lose, I mean, to lose in that fashion, uh, Nick, I think really sets them back. Um, again, listen, they had a tough time in Los Angeles regardless, but yeah, I mean, not a good look. Uh, Nick, real, real quick before we let you go, last 60 seconds here, uh, predictions for this weekend, Cowboys, Niners, Giants, Eagles, you got the, you know, what you got Chiefs and Jags, Bills and the Bengals, your thoughts. Well, I'll say this much, it's going to be a rocking time up in the Bay. Yep. Yee! <laughs> uh, it's going to be active in the Bay. For sure. I got San Francisco in that one. I think San Francisco, their defense has just been absolutely incredible. Brock Purdy has just been on a tear. He's just been on a a serious, I think he's on his, just in a different space right now. Yeah. Um, and that just a, it shows the magnificence of Kyle Shanahan and how he's been able to embrace that young man and really give that young man a lot of confidence that he needs along with the team as well. Um, you got Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, arguably one of the best tight ends in the game right now. That's still playing. Um, so I got San Francisco this weekend. Last 20 seconds, Nick. Yeah, let's, let's get Cincinnati. your other picks. Yep. I got Cincinnati. I got Kansas City. Uh, and then we're going to go from there. Love it, Nick. Love that. We will talk to you next week when we find out who's playing in the conference championship games, my friend. Have a good time in Park City. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.